This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome, everyone, to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host. And sitting across from me is none other than Richard. The one and only. The one and only. <laughs> Thankfully, there's Thankfully. only one. <laughs> Richard, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Well, let's <clears throat> jump right into this. Uh, we're talking about failure today. Yeah, well, that's a downer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it, it happens to everyone. Well, speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> Well, almost everyone <laughs> fails. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you haven't failed, then perhaps you haven't tried. Yeah, as some some would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is an inevitability of life is mm-hmm. failure, uh, both great and small. Uh, perhaps you know you can you can avoid great failures, uh, but uh, there are going to be setbacks along the way. Yeah, uh, and especially as it uh, pertains to leadership. Um, so. How do you how do you handle that? Well, you're right, uh, Sam. There, we're all going to have at least times in our life where we would like to do a do-over. It, yeah. it might not even Can be we a have total a reset failure. There? <laughs> yeah, it's like I, but I know I could do better on that one. You know, yeah. I, it, I and I've had a lot of times just even sermons or talks or different things where it's it's not that it was even bad necessarily, but it I could it could have been better. And you yeah. you look back and think, um, ah, I just you know, if I'd been a little more prepared, if I'd I, I whatever. Um and then there's times in your life where there's just outright failures. You just you, you just messed up. You fell on your face. And and sometimes they can be quite severe failures. Uh that cost you your job, uh can cost you your marriage, can cost you your relationships, uh very severe failures that obviously you, you, you want to address. And so, um, it, but, but it's one thing you, you know, that in living, you're probably going to experience that. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's part of being human, I think is to fail. And so, uh, for me, it just in, in watching leaders and studying biographies, uh, it's not that, uh, great leaders don't fail. It's that great leaders gain the most from their failures. Uh, they sort of, they, they grab hold of those failures, uh, mine what they can from it for good and change, uh, their direction, maybe change some of the way they've been behaving and they come out stronger than ever. And, and so if you're going to come out stronger every time you have a failure, uh, well, you're going to have enough failures that you're going to come out pretty strong eventually. And so it was said one time early on in the Duke of Wellington's, uh, experience that he had kind of a pretty unspectacular showing one day in a battle uh, before he was this, the, the top general. And uh, the, the biographer just kind of said, well, Wellington, re- uh, he, he learned what he should not do. And that was at least something. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I've learned never do this again. <laughs> so it's, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm a little smarter today because of what I learned not to ever do again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, eventually, the, you know, those battles weren't uh, turning points in European history. But by the time that he learned from those early failures, one day he's going to be at the at the battle site of Waterloo facing uh, the most fearsome opponent uh, that uh, of, of his era in, in Napoleon, and he's not going to make mistakes. Uh, he's going to get it right. And so a lot of time what I found in life is, especially earlier on, it's all preparatory for what really important work we're doing later. So 
mm-hmm. earlier in your life, if you're having failures, don't, uh, you know, don't let that destroy you, uh, that you're probably not doing your life's primary work yet anyway. Uh, so just learn from it and grow. And so when those big assignments come, those really important issues, you've learned so much earlier on that you're ready now to tackle the, the important thing. Right. So, so let's assume that we've just blown it. <laughs> For so, some of us, we don't even have to assume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so now what? What what do we do? Well, a number of things, uh, Sam. And I, this is not just a. I'll kind of try to walk you through some of the things. I think the first thing you need to do when you fail is accept responsibility. Just ad- admit you failed. I know some yeah. folks that just cannot bring themselves to admit they failed. Uh, it, they're going to blame other people. They're going to try to spin it. They're going to justify it. Uh, and you, you, it's hard to, to mine something that you won't even claim. You know, mm. if, if it's not your failure, if it's, it's not your fault, um, then it's hard to learn. You're, you're spending so much time trying to deflect responsibility that you don't have time just to say, okay, what can I learn from this and how can I be better as a result? So if it's your, if you messed up, and I'll tell you what, I, you know, I've been in management long enough that when you, when you find someone that uh, did mess up, uh, you know, I, I think I can be fairly tolerant of people who mess up, um, if, but, but only if they'll admit they messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they, if they just keep trying to deflect and justify and not take responsibility, that, that is, to me, that's a much bigger issue than just messing up. Yeah, they just can't. If if you can't take responsibility uh, for what you've done, you're never going to grow, and uh, you're never going to get better. Uh, so accept responsibility, and secondly, I would just say recognize that that failure is uh, an event. It's not an identity. You you are not, because you mm. failed. It doesn't mean you are a failure. It means you did something that didn't work. Um, that's an event. You move on from that event. That, yeah. But I know some people that see themselves as a failure uh, the rest of their life. You know, yeah. we like to label, you know. And, yeah, and, and so and, you and I mean, some things can be significant uh, setbacks. I mean, you may have uh, divorced. You may have experienced divorce, uh, whether you wanted to or not. And uh, and so we, what do we do? We call people divorcees. Well, they did divorce, but does that is that their identity? Right, that going doesn't forward? encompass. Um, you know, because maybe they that's humbled them. Maybe they mm-hmm. have had a, a fresh uh, encounter with God and they've changed and they're not the same person they were when they that led to that failure in their marriage. But um, but now we've labeled them a failure. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, no, focus in on... Now, now some of our failures do come from our character. We, some of our failures are a result of character issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, the character can be adjusted. God could set you free. So... Don't think that that's a life sentence now to be a failure the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you failed at that particular thing, but tomorrow will be a fresh new day to get it right. And uh, so it's not an identity. And a, a similar thing is, I know some people sort of freeze frame their failures. Um, you know, I've been on some uh, a lot of Zoom calls lately, and now and then the internet kind of freezes and... <laughs> You're, I've been talking away, and all of a sudden I realize all the faces on the screen are not They're moving. Not moving. <laughs> <laughs> They're either fast asleep uh, or, I, I, you know, and I'm looking at everybody just kind of caught, frozen in time. And I think sometimes with... So that guy's been eating a sandwich for three minutes. <laughs> you know, that's the longest yawn that I've seen. Like, it just never ends. Uh, 
But uh, sometimes we do that with our failures. It's like it just frozen in time and we just beat ourselves up every day over it mm. and uh, we just keep rehearsing it. It's always before us. And I would say when you when you do fail, uh, take a close look at it. I mean, analyze it, break it apart. Don't just ignore it or turn away from it. But at a certain point, when you have uh, basically pulled everything you can of of worth or value out of that failure, then move on. Uh, yeah. Don't don't let that just be ever before you. Uh, you you don't have to flagellate yourself for the rest of your life because of a failure when you were nineteen. You know, it's uh, at a certain point uh, that's in history, and and there's new frames now in your life. There's mm-hmm. new new parts of your story. Um, I've I've uh, kind of alluded to this already, but. Uh, just don't get in the habit of blaming others for your failures. Yeah. Uh, there are times where people let you down. Uh, that's not necessarily a failure. If someone told you something and you believe they were telling the truth, and that's maybe in poor judgment. Uh, but uh, you know, be careful that you. Uh, I the people I feel like that grow the most are the ones who are the the quickest to take responsibility. Yeah. And uh, and you may have been let down and you may have been lied to and maybe you should have done better due diligence and you should have verified what you were being told. You should have responded to those red flags that were coming up and you didn't. You know what analyze all that and say, yeah, that guy did lie to me, but uh, here's three or four things I could have done to have not been victimized if I had been more careful. So I I'm not going to focus on him and what he did. And I and you know, it's something I just thought of recently there's and if if I've had people basically say, I, I could be successful if only that person hmm. did such and such. And if your success hinges on what someone else does or doesn't do, uh, then you're going to be in rough shape. Um, your success, as much as possible, needs to be based on what you're going to do. And uh, hmm. that you know, I realize there are things that you know are beyond our control. Sure. We can't hire ourselves to the ideal job or give ourselves a book contract, uh, whatever, but, but, but ultimately our success is going to come by how we conducted ourselves and the quality of work we produced and, uh, the way we handled ourselves in that job interview or whatever else. And so, um, just even if there are some things you could blame on others, it's just not fruitful to do that. So just focus on you and failure. a, a, A fifth thing I would say is it, to, to process it properly, you need to embrace humility. Yeah. Uh, success does not generate humility. It, it fosters pride. But uh, failure is a great way to learn humility. And, and I think, I know we've touched on this with some of the biographies before, but I think a, a, a couple of good failures early on in your career is great. Uh, yeah. you don't want to go too far into your leadership career without a failure because you're going to think way too much of yourself and you're going to think you just have the <laughs> golden <leadership>. touch. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's saying it's so hard. Yeah. I don't need to read a book. Look at all this. Look how good I am when I haven't read a book in years, you know, and I haven't, uh, sought advice from anybody in years and look yeah. at, <clears throat> look at my success. So, uh, it's actually a gift a lot of times to have an early failure because, uh, pride <clears throat> has a lot of downsides to it, yeah. but humil- genuine, godly humility has a lot of upsides to it. And, uh, and I've known just, you know, and there've been studies like good to great and others that have found 
one of the chief qualities of very successful leaders is uh, humility. And it doesn't mean that they're a wallflower. It doesn't mean that they lack confidence. They may be very confident, but in a humble sort of way. Mm-hmm. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. They stay in their lane. Uh, they don't take all the credit uh, when they know a lot of it belongs to their people. So, um, you know, that embrace humility uh, in your failure. If you're not humbled by your failure, you haven't taken a close enough look at it yet. Um, and and learn. Just uh, there, there are lessons to be learned from every failure. It's, uh, it, it's, it's like getting a master's degree in leadership. If you'll yeah. just unpack uh, mm. the failures and, and ask yourself, uh, what does this tell me about me? Uh, where, where does this highlight my shortcomings? Uh, maybe I'm just too quick to make decisions. I should have done a bit more homework on this one. I, I had some red flags, uh, but I just blew them off. I just thought I was being too worrisome. And uh, I felt a, a time pressure. And, and really, maybe I, I had more time than I thought I did. Uh, uh, my wife said she had some misgivings, but I just blew that off. It's, uh, you know, she doesn't, she's never been in my position. What would she know? And, you know, there, there's lots of things you can look at and say, I, I took on too much. I was, uh, I was overextended. I should have, I made this mistake because I just didn't have the bandwidth. Uh, I, I should, I should have hired some people to, you know, take some of this load. There's lots of things, uh, that you can learn, uh, from every failure. In fact, I, I, if we had the time, I probably could identify maybe some of my greatest strengths uh, that I have as a leader. I could probably point to a failure in my life where I realized I needed to do yeah. that. Uh, sometimes it's just a failure and you say to yourself, I am never going to do that again. <laughs> That's once is enough in a lifetime. And uh, that hurt and I don't want to hurt like that again. So next time I'm just not, when that temptation comes or that pressure comes or that fear rises up within my spirit, I'm just going to put my head down and do the right thing anyway. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot to be learned, uh, if you're willing to. And so, um, anytime you have a failure, you know, you may have to lick your wounds for a few days. Uh, you may have to have a good cry. (laughs) Uh, and then when, you know, when you've gotten past that initial shock of the failure, then get your Bible, get a notepad, get alone with God and say, okay, God, help me to learn from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are my takeaways from this failure? And there's always pages of notes you can take uh, if you'll just take time to unpack it. A lot of times we're just so busy trying to get beyond. I, yeah, I, I don't just want to get past it. Let's just move on and get to the next thing. I got summarily fired in this job and uh, horrible uh, review. And uh, so I'm just going to hit the pavement tomorrow and get a new job and start focusing on that. And I would say, well, but you're going to have all the same bad habits, all the same weaknesses uh, that you're going to take straight into the next job. And I've known people that got fired four times in a row for the exact same issue. Hmm. And they just, they didn't learn. They, They were just busy trying to get employed again. And so they just keep carrying the same uh, Achilles heel with them from job to job, and it keeps doing them in. So uh, I would just say you ought, if you haven't learned anything from a failure that you've had recently, you haven't looked closely enough. Mm. So take time, and you know that might mean that you get a certainly a leadership coach is a great uh, kind of person to. Uh, you, you may just need to meet with a coach a couple of times, but when you have a, a significant failure. 
get someone, an outside, objective, impartial source to help you unpack and think through and dig down deep. And uh, uh, it's like a, every plane crash. You know, every time a plane crashes, they get the black box, they look yeah. at they put they get all the pieces of the plane and they reassemble it and they they figure out because they don't want that to ever happen again they don't want whatever caused that plane to crash they don't want that to occur yeah. a, a second time so and i would say well you know when you when you crash and burn in in, in a failure find that black box yeah. uh, get the data look at what you were doing that led up to that failure were there warning signs that i just overlooked uh did I just make some glaring mistakes if I had just not done that or said that or responded that way? It would have been a whole different unpack it and then say, no, so what can I learn? What will I do differently as a result? And boy, I tell you, you it's, it's like getting a master's degree in leadership, just uh, taking time to learn from some of your failures. That's great. And so let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up when we come back. Twice a year, Blackaby Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is October 26th and 28th, and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until September 26th, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. All right, so Richard, we've failed. <laughs> We've uh, I, I identified the failure. We've uh, taken some steps um, to to assess what went wrong. Maybe uh, before we before we wrap up here, uh, what's what's the action plan to to get back on our feet? Yeah. Well, we we before the break we we kind of ended with learn just learn from your failures. But but part of learning then is. Uh, coming to some conclusions to say, so what adjustments do I need to make? Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. now I know what I did wrong, but... Wh- it's not I, enough to just identify the problem. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm a jerk to people. Okay, now I know I know why I keep getting fired and why people keep quitting under me. Uh, <laughs> so you go on being a jerk yeah, and keep it's getting like, fired. Okay, so... And now you know. <laughs> yeah, and at least now I, I'll know why I keep failing in the future. But, uh, but yeah, so you say, so how do I stop being a jerk to people? Yeah. How do I... Obviously, every time I, and, 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 you know, for instance, I've known people that they just had a quirky sort of uh, harsh sense of humor. And yeah, real. They, they think that they're just being funny, but yeah. people are leaving in tears in meetings with them. And they're making a comment about somebody just as they pass them in the hallway. And the person is just so ticked off and angry <laughs> the rest of the day at that rude comment. You think you're just being friendly. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you figure out, um, oh, okay, when I, I'm just joking, but I'm alienating myself from three quarters of all the staff, um, then, okay, now you've learned, you know what the problem is. Uh, and, and you may say, well, but I just mean, well, I'm just trying to be funny, but you realize, okay, but you know what I realized my, my humor it may seem funny to me. It just it's a seems, particular breed. And, yeah, and, it, and making fun of other people <laughs> doesn't always work so well for the other people. <laughs> and so maybe I just let that go. And so the next time I'm passing someone in the hallway and I, I I get this quirky thought, I just want to make a comment about how they're dressed that day, and I stop myself and realize, you know, I just made a commitment. I wasn't going to do that anymore. Yeah. And so 
Uh, even if it doesn't make sense to me, I just know I've just learned from uh, enough failures that it doesn't work. It's not worth it. I, I keep thinking it's going to make people happy or laugh. Instead, I've just lost another friend at work. So, so it's it's saying, what do I need to adjust? Um, and you know, I remember years ago, I was in high school, and uh, I had an incident that was. Uh, I, you know, I won't bother to unpack the whole thing, but I, it, it was, it, I would consider it a major failure on my part. Just a, it was a failure of nerve. It was a failure of, of giving into fear. And um, I, I knew the right thing to do, and the only thing that stopped me was fear. I just, I, I was paralyzed. And I remember at the time, uh, I was in about, might have been the twelfth grade, a senior. Uh, but something came up and it was an opportunity for me to step up and make a difference. And I wanted to, uh, I had people around me like telling me, you know, Richard, you're, this is you, this is on you. You need to step up. And I just, I, I, I just paralyzed with fear. And, um, and I always regretted that. And I, I look back later and I, and it cost me, uh, it, people that would have, it would have endeared them to me had I not been afraid to just step mm. up. But fear caused me to, to, to hesitate, to not jump into the, into the mix and make a difference. And, and boy, I tell you, for a while there, I just beat myself up and thought, Richard, what kind of coward, what kind of failure are you that, you know, you just, like, what kind of wimp, you know, that mm. you, you could have made a difference and you just, you just stood there kind of not doing anything. And, uh, you know, for a while there, it just, it, I, I kind of went through the process of beating yourself up and being hard on yourself, which is fine to do a bit if you if you deserve it. <laughs> but uh, at a certain point, I remember just saying to myself, this is so unpleasant. I just don't want that to ever happen again. So how am I going to not let that happen again? And uh, and, and I realized, okay, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to be fearful again. I'm sure I'll be in an awkward situation and I'll think, oh, if I, what do I do if I step up or if I speak up? Or, how will that be perceived and will, will it be worse? And, uh, and I'll just want to go away and avoid the conflict. And, uh, uh, but w- what am I going to do? And I remember even just as a senior in high school, just saying, uh, you know, the next time something like that happens, I'm just going to will my feet into action. I'm just going to start charging toward the fire and everyone else may be running away from the fire. God just help me to be the kind of guy that discharges into the fire if I have mm. to. And, uh, and so, you know, I remember, uh, just, uh, just consciously thinking through. And, and one of the things you can do with that is it's sometimes it's helpful is imagine scenarios, imagine a, another scenario similar to that one, uh, and picture yourself. What, w- what will you do then? Yeah. Uh, and that's not bad. I don't think that's, uh, you know, mind over matter. It's just, it's just trying to be, to prepare yourself because you know, there's going to be other crises. There's going to be other awkward moments. And so just rehearse in your mind ahead of time. Okay. And when that does happen, what will I do? Uh, how will I respond? Let me think it through now. So I don't just stand there paralyzed when that happens. And, uh, you know, I remember years later, I was, uh, the president of a seminary and, uh, I had, I'd had an awkward conflict with someone, that was in a position of great influence over me that could, it was, had the potential to hurt me in my uh, work if he chose to. And, and, uh, I had stood up to him and I had, I'd upset him. I was just, I was just, 
I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but he had he had crossed some ethical lines, and I called him out on it, and because it was affecting our school, and uh, he didn't like it. He was I heard later he was venting and not very saying nice things about me and at his office, and uh, uh, and so I knew it was pretty awkward. And this guy is a pretty intimidating guy, and I remember. Uh, that at one point I had to leave my office suite area to go out uh, somewhere. And so I'm busily charging off, walking at a brisk pace out, out my area of the, of the school. And I look up and at the other end of the building is this very person, this man that I, I know he's upset with me. He's, he doesn't work in my building, but he's, for some reason, he's come over to my building. And, uh, so I, if I keep walking where I'm going, I'm going to have to, you know, cross paths with him. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be an ugly scene. And so I'll tell you, it, it was funny, but I, I just stopped and I thought, Oh, do I, you know, do I need a conflict right now? Do I, do I need that? I'm, it's a busy day. I've got a lot on the go. I maybe, I, and, and so I, be, I started to, to turn around and go back into my office and I thought, I'll just run this errand an hour from now when he's gone, you know, and, like, uh, oh, I, did I leave my keys? on Yeah. The desk? <laughs> I, and I thought I'll just save myself the conflict and I, I'm about two steps backward. And, but, the, but I had thought through this scenario and I thought, you know what, uh, there's going to be those awkward moments where I just, I get fearful. I just don't want conflict. I, I start to rationalize why it'd be better just to avoid this conflict right now. He, he's already mad at me. Probably doesn't need to see me right now. But then, you know, I had these other voices <laughs> and saying, but do you remember how bad you felt when you gave in to fear the last time? And yeah. when you you started to rationalize and you, this is, and basically what I felt like God said is, this is your property. I mean, this is your, this is your uh, place of work and you run this place. He's on your territory right now. And uh, don't you ever hide from people when it, it's at your workplace, you're the boss. And, you know, if wolves come onto the property, the shepherd doesn't need to be back in the corner office avoiding conflict. It's, yeah. uh, you're, you're the shepherd of this place. And so get out there. And, uh, so I remember just deciding, Hey, that guy knows I work here and he knows if he steps on my property, there's a good chance he may run across me and he's just stepped on my property. And I'm, and so if anyone's going to feel awkward about that, it, it ought to be him. So I turned around and I just kept charging forward. And, and uh, he actually kind of saw me coming and he, he ducked out and I thought, mm. uh, all right. Uh, and, you know, eventually we, we worked things out and be, and actually had, were very cordial in years to come. But, uh, but in that moment, I just thought, you know, I, that, that, uh, failure of nerve back when I was in high school, I know how bad that felt. I, I know how much I regret that. Mm. Um, and I'm just not going to, I don't, I can't redo that one, but I can certainly avoid having more regrets down the road. And yeah. so, you know, as bad and painful as, I mean, that was nothing life-threatening, uh, you know, back in high school. Uh, just a thing I wish I could do over, but, um, but it probably saved me a number of other failures down the road because I didn't just beat myself up over it. I, I thought to myself, so the next time I face a similar thing, you know, what am I going to do? And, uh, and sure enough, a time came and it kicked in. And, and because I thought it through and made some decisions about how I'm going to respond, I dealt with it differently. 
you know, maybe just one or two last things. Just I should have said this at the beginning, but uh, but just but pray when when you fail, just let God help you. Uh, spend time with God over your failure. God is a very gracious God. He's not going to just beat you up over it. He's not going to drag it out. God is, he's a master at pulling gold out of failures and saying, here's what you need to learn. Here's here's why it went wrong. Richard, here's some stuff in your life that is going to make you vulnerable until you address this and you get over this. And, um, and, And he also, God's great at, bandaging up wounds and saying, boy, you got beat up on that one, didn't you? Yeah. Let me help you patch you up and, and heal you and scrape off this and, and we'll get some ointment here and you'll be better in a few days, but, uh, but what, what can we learn from this? And, uh, and so don't be afraid to take your failures to God. He's not going to, you, you may have grown up in a home where any failure or was condemned and ridiculed, but that's not that's not who God is. God mm-hmm. wants you to grow. He wants you to be healed from what you experience. And so get to him as quickly as you can. And I've had those moments where I, uh, I just felt like I just, I messed up. And th- as soon as you can, you, you kind of get alone, you get on your knees and say, God, boy, uh, I know you saw this coming, but I, I, I should have seen it coming. I just wasn't prepared. And yeah. God is great about that. And, uh, and the last one, just, just hold yourself accountable. You know, sometimes you make an, a, a commitment and, but then, you, you know, the, the next time it comes around, you, you mess up again. And, and because you just, you didn't follow through, you, you, you sort of knew what you should do the next time, but you didn't do it. And, and I just find that, uh, and I've talked about this before, but, you know, you may want to just get with a, a prayer partner. You might want to get with a couple other people, uh, that you meet with periodically and you, you process some of that. And, uh, for a yeah. number of years I've shared, I, I met with three other guys, uh, maybe about every other month or so we, we would meet and, and, and we would unpack, uh, situations like that with, with the other guys. And we'd tell them, you know, I just, boy, I just want to tell you guys about an incident that I'm just hurting over and I, and I'm embarrassed about. And, and I just don't want that to happen again. And, and, and so they'd be great. They'd say, well, what are you going to do differently? What, what happens when that happens again? And, you know, um, and then when it, when the situation would come up, I'd, I need to report in with them. Okay, guys, I got to give you an update, you know, a similar thing happened. Let me, let me tell you what I did this time and yeah. get the feedback. Um, you know, again, a leadership coach is a great tool to just say, uh, there's just too many people that just are not mining and learning and processing their failures. So they just keep repeating them. Uh, get a leadership coach and say, I help me to think through, cause I, you know, we, we have a tendency to justify stuff and to feel like we're just the victim and it wasn't our fault and he's to blame. And, and you learn nothing from that. You change nothing from that. But, uh, a, a coach, somebody objective, a, a, a group, an accountability group, Somebody outside your own head. Yeah, yeah. that uh, just says, hey, come on, you know, like, don't slough that off too much. You you could have done this. You could have done that. You didn't have to respond that way. Um, and so, yeah, so, sometimes your spouse is good for that. I, I find a lot of times spouses are sometimes they're too quick just to be on our side and and agree with us. And so they're not always as helpful as an accountability group. But uh, someone that will speak truth into your life um, is great. Yeah. And so have the courage. It'll hurt. I, I promise you it'll, it'll hurt at the time. It'll be embarrassing at the time, 
But uh, for years and years to come, you may avoid a dozen even more serious failures because you're willing to face the pain early on with this one and, and make the adjustment so you never did that again. Well, that's great. We'll just leave it here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.